The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. I just want to take you back to that offering song for just a minute and some of those lines in that song um, that say, "Your, your love is too good to leave me here. You know, you love me as you find me, but your love's too good to leave me here. Meaning, whatever stage of the Christian faith you're in, it's never just, I'm done and, and I'm finished, right? God's still working on us. No matter if I'm a pastor who thinks I know everything, right? I know more than all of you. No, not. Uh, he's too, his love's too good to leave me here. For those of you that have been a Christian for all your life, that's the truth for you just as much as it is for those Christians who are just new to knowing Jesus. His love is too good to leave us here. He wants us to grow. So we're in this series called Overcome. Overcoming these obstacles and growing our faith. Growing our faith, especially as it relates to praying. So as most of you know, um, I was born in the Philippines. And I came to the United States when I was about five years old. Just about five. And I lived most of my life from five to age 40 in St. Louis, Missouri. And I went to a parochial private school that uh, taught us all kinds of prayers. That you had to memorize these prayers, the Lord's Prayer, which we call the Our Father. But I memorized all kinds of prayers in my youth. And one of those prayers to this day actually sticks in my mind. And I'm, I'm wondering if you think you know why it sticks in my mind. So, like, memorized, I know it. Because it has to do with soccer, of course. I mean, it's a prayer called the Memorare, and from age 11 for about three seasons, my parochial school coach would say, all right, every, before every game, we'd huddle up, and, and we'd put our hands in, you know, and I wanted to win this game, and I know I needed God's help. And so he would, you know, we'd put our arms in, and we'd say words like this. Are you ready? Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession, was left unaided, and had all kinds of other lines like that. Wow. How is that? I mean, I don't know. It's just in there. I had no idea what I was saying. All I know is I needed help to win this game because I was a skinny Filipino kid, you know. And at that time when guys have different growth spurts, you know, you're going like, that guy's a giant. You know, I coach today, so I know that, you know, when they're 11 and they're 13, it's just so drastic in size. I didn't shoot up until about 10th grade. Uh, So uh, this way, you know, after I got married, it was was this way, we, we fast forward 15 years of my life. Now I'm a newly married man, 27 years old, and I've been going to Bible study for some years, and these guys said, hey, Tony, you want to be a Bible study leader? Okay. So I'm uh, a Bible study leader, and we meet, uh, we prepare our lesson that we're going to lead and help facilitate, and we meet every Saturday morning. And on these Saturday morning leaders kind of, of uh, I think we had some food there too, but studying, they prayed extemporaneously. You know what that means? There wasn't a written prayer. It wasn't memorized. They start praying, and like they, they look at you and say, Tony, it's, it's your turn. Oh, okay. You ever been in a position like that? There was one guy who did, and I want you to see it, Ben Stiller on Meet the Parents. Check this out. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. You know that. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless... You have some objection. No, 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 no. No, I'd love to. Pam, come on. It's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace and many a dinner table. It's 
Hey. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh, sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh. How many of you have ever been in a position like that? How dreadful, right? How terrifying when you don't know how to pray. Thankfully, being with those dear men as leaders, many of them were considerably older than I was. I learned how to pray like that. They modeled it for me. They were gracious to me. And it was great. I learned how. Fast forward then from 15, I was 11, 15 years, 5 years, 1998. I've been married for 5 years I uh, decided to quit my full-time job and enter into Concordia Seminary, St. Louis, to be a pastor. And during those times in those classes, some of my professors had written prayers that we would say seasonally, uh, kind of a, in a liturgical year format. And there was one prayer that one of my professors said, and it went like this. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. That by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Great prayer. Love praying it. And what stuck out to me was hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. Hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. It was like a challenge laid out to me. It was a challenge to know the word of God so well that I could speak it in prayer. That I could speak it to one another. That it would bless other people and myself. I love that, uh, that we've said that kind of repetitively because it comes back to my upbringing. There's a 19th century uh, great Lutheran theologian. His name was Dr. Francis Pieper. He wrote a three-volume set that all pastoral students kind of like th- got just thrown at you. Here, read it and know it. You know, volume one, two, and three. And so he, in one of the, I don't know if it was in the volumes, but he, but he said these words that I like so much. Uh, prayer is conversation of the heart with God. Prayer is a conversation of the heart with God. And if you think about prayer being a conversation, then it's a two-way street, isn't it? We listen, and then we speak back. We listen, and we speak back. But how does God speak to us? I submit to you today that he speaks to us by having God's word already written and on our heart. Because when we do that, we can intersperse praises about who God is and what he's done along with Bible verses. I kind of tried to model that for you in that prayer time we had in worship. So it would go something like this. Lord, your word says that you are gracious, compassionate, abounding in love and mercy. And then I would pray, God, help us 
to know that grace so that we can extend it to others and love others. This morning, as I was surprised by the snow on the ground, right? Like, what is this? Spring is supposed to be here. I'm freezing. I can barely open my door. This is crazy. Uh, to my car, so you got to let it, you know, run for 10 minutes. But, but here I am in, in, in the middle as I'm preparing to, to lead worship. I'm praying, and what, call, what comes to mind is Isaiah 55, 9 and 10. As the rain and snow come down and doesn't return to you, God, uh, back without flourishing and doing your, your work, so is your word that comes out. When it goes out, it will not return empty, but it will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. Lord, help us understand your word and receive it so that we might be able to do something with it in our own lives and the lives of others. Kind of praying like that. And I understand now people in a church this size, we have all different ways that we pray. And, and some of you maybe are so uncomfortable praying, praying out loud. Some of you maybe just love to pray. You know, and you have a gift of intercessory prayer and you can do that. But we're the body of Christ. We have all our different gifts, but yet God still wants us to do this. And really, this is the basis of my message, and it's having the ability to know the Word of God in prayer. It's a great blessing. To know the Word of God is a great blessing. Why you pray? It it would help us overcome that obstacle of prayer. Because prayer is conversation of the heart with God's heart. Now, it goes back and forth. We listen and we speak back to him. God, through the Holy Spirit, helps us recall and affirm a truth and we speak it back to him. But the point is, he has given us his word so that we can know him more. Amen? And so that we would know it in our hearts and minds and be able to speak it back is a great, great blessing. So today, really, uh, it's this question. How can we strengthen our faith? How can we strengthen our faith by knowing the word of God so well that we could speak it back to him in our prayer life? I was kind of chuckling at Pastor Joe last week because he gave kind of a challenge to you when we started this series. He said, you know what? I challenge you, bring your Bibles. Bring them, right? Get your devices, have them open. And I looked at him last week and said, um, Joe, uh, my message is really isn't lending itself to having them open the Bibles today. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm asking you, you don't... You don't have to open up your Bibles today if you don't want to. Because I'm not pers- uh, preaching on a specific text. I mean, I'm going to fly by. You're going to hear all kinds of Bible verses. Don't get me wrong. But they're not going to be from one specific text. So I'll challenge you. If you can keep up with me, go right ahead in your Bibles. Because there's lots of places in the Word of God that talk about eating the Word of God, ingesting the Word of God. The prophet Ezekiel says these words, Son of man, when he gets this vision of heaven and of God, eat what's before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth. He gave it to me, the scroll to eat. He said, fill your stomach with it. So I ate. And it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. From Ezekiel chapter 3, the prophet Jeremiah says it this way. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. Psalm 119 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And then I think of that prayer that we said in seminary. Read, hear, mark, learn, inwardly digest those words. Scripture really is is, is not to be meant uh, to exist outside of us. But the word of God is to be meant to live within us. How does that happen. I just think of little 
Joshua Timothy here, you know, when he gets baptized in the name of Jesus, the word of God is spoken over him. I mean, you should have seen this guy. He's just looking at me like this. <laughs> like, okay, well, your ears are open, your mind's open. Now you're going to get the Holy Spirit, and you're going to get God living within you, and the word of God is going to be growing up in his life, and that's how it happens, and it's awesome. So for the rest of my message, we're going to talk about that. How can we get the word of God in us? How can we do that? And it's going to be a very simple message. And hopefully it's not going to be simplistic, but simple. And it's going to be using what we call the word hand illustration. It's from the Navigators. How many of you heard the Navigators? It's been, they've been around since the 1930s, and they focus on one-on-one discipleship. And they just talk about the hand being five methods or ways that we can grow in our prayer life and equip our faith so that we can pray out loud with others. Knowing the word of God, praying the word of God, it becomes such a comfort in our life because here's the truth that I know of, that I personally found, that when I speak the word of God in prayer, I'm 100% right. Right? Isn't that true? Because when we're speaking the word of God, you're speaking God's will. And it's such a confidence and a powerful thing when, when we pray, I know that I cannot go wrong when we speak the word of God. So I want you to look at this hand. We're going to start with the pinky, okay? The pinky is, some say, would be the weakest finger. And uh, I know, Pastor Tony, you're probably saying, how can you do this? Can you guys do this, by the way? Look at that double-jointed feature I can do. Anyway, pinky is the weakest finger, and I know that because my daughter that I, I said, hey, when you help us lead worship, is the pinky like your weakest? Oh, she goes, oh, yeah. For sure. You know, some say the ring finger might be the weakest because you can't lift it up or whatever. But the pinky finger, some would agree, would be the weakest finger. And why is hearing placed on the pinky finger? Yeah, you're going to hear from pastors and from teachers and from parents and on the radio and whatever device you use. But the Bible urges us to hear the word of God. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who, what? Hear it. Luke says, hear God's word and put it into practice. I want you to look at this pyramid of learning chart and uh, active learning, passive learning, hearing, kind of lecture style. You only get 5% of what, you retain 5% of what I'm speaking. So when you're hearing, that's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. You got to open up your ears and hear, but it's kind of like me. You know, saying, like, like it's kind of like an infant, you know, when you feed them, right? They're just opening their mouth, and, and, and they like it. So it's like, open your mouth, and hear, and it's really not a lot of work, right? It's just passive, but you only get 5% of that. And when you have audiovisual along with it, hey, we're doing that, you know, uh, 20% maybe, right? Five to, but, but, but I want you to think about that as we're talking about hearing, because the problem with hearing is this. We're pretty much poor listeners. We're poor listeners. What do I mean by that? Well, with the advent of the cell phone, <laughs> which I would have never thought of my generation, you know, how can we, it's just unfocused. I'm not saying cell phones are bad, right? And if you have one out and you're looking at the Word of God, praise God. You know, but if you're doing anything else with that right now, <laughs> you know, here's another problem with listening. We're really not active listeners. Meaning, you know, if, if you want to be active, you should be engaged in your mind right now. What's Pastor Tony going to say in the next? Where is he going with this, right? But we're, 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 we've been trained kind of just to be passive listening, 
and, and, and be there, you know. I really, with comfort for me is if you would kind of just nod your head and go, yeah, okay, that's a good one. I'm like, all right, you're, you're acting, oh, and amen, that, that's good too, you know. But here's the problem with hearing. Our minds can think four times faster than when we speak. Hmm. So while I'm speaking to you, your brain has a lot of leisure time, doesn't it? Because I can't speak fast enough. Hearing God's word, though, deserves our full attention, doesn't it? Can I get an amen on that one? Hearing God's word deserves our full attention. Why? Because it talks about the most important thing that we need. Faith. The gift of faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing. Hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ. What is that gospel message? There's so many of them. You could put the gospel in a nutshell. John 3, 16. You could go all places in the scripture. Romans 5, 8. About how, why we were since Christ died for us. But here's one that I like. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that through him you might become the righteousness of God. God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin but became sin, a sin offering for us, that you might be the righteousness of God. That's the gospel message. That's what we need to hear. And we need to hear and be reminded of that all the time. That's the pinky and the difficulty of hearing. But then you go to the ring finger, and that stands for reading. Don't just take my word for it. Read it yourself. Read it yourself. Because the Bible says in Revelation 1-3 that if you read it, you'll be blessed. And if you remember that pyramid of learning chart, it's 10 to 20% of retaining, especially if audiovisuals are used and demonstrations are used. Hint, 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 that'll be later. Going back to prayer, though, uh, seminary days, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. My mom, as Filipino as she is, took a while to get my dad's, who's an American married, U.S. Navy man married, my mom adopted me. Took a while, still takes a while, doesn't she, honey, to get, to get American slang. And, and when we got over here for the first time, I remember it was wintertime. And my dad, I remember it was wintertime, but I don't remember him saying this. But through my life, you'll see, he, she, my dad would say, hey, feed Tony some oatmeal because it'll stick to his ribs. You know, she's saying, stick to your ribs. What does that mean? You know, because she wanted me as, as a, a, a small little Filipino boy not to be cold walking two miles uphill, both, you know, back and forth to school. Uh, she wanted to stick to my ribs. But isn't that just like what the Word of God, what we want the Word of God to do? Not stick to our ribs, but stick to where? To our heart and our mind. And that we should approach the Word of God when reading, not academically, not just for knowledge but approach it that we're spiritually poor and hungry. And God, you're going to teach me. That God would have, I remember Steve saying this a couple weeks ago, that we would have an attitude in worship that, God, you're going to speak to me today. I'm going to hear from you. And that we would want that and to be active. And Jesus, I mean, he talks all, all the time about how the word of God and how it fills him, especially when he was tempted by the devil. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, you know this so well. Man does not live on what? bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Not just merely hearing it, but also reading it for yourself. Next finger would be the middle finger, okay? And that represents maybe one of the strongest fingers you have. It represents study. Studying the Word of God. Why? Because it would deepen our relationship with the God of the universe that wants to have one with us. 
It would deepen our convictions about faith and who we are. And you know what? When we study, we retain 35% of what we learn. 35% on average. Bible verse says it this way from Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now the Bereans were a more noble character than the Thessalonians. Why were they a more noble character? Because when they received the message, they did it with great eagerness, meaning active listening. With great eagerness. And what did they do? They examined the scriptures every day to see if what Tony or Paul or Joe or RJ was was true. Or whoever else you're listening to on the radio or studying with. For me, I was kind of known in when, when I worked 10 years at Lambert Airport as a Bible student. At lunchtime every day, I would have my brown bag lunch and, and, and my, my lesson and my Bible out. And I was just, you know, when I first started, I was just a little peon, you know, an assistant to whatever, an assistant assistant, right? But yet, here it is. If you have your phones, you can look them up to Airport Major General Don Bennett. Donnie, Donald W. Bennett, Airport Major General, came up to my office. Tony, what are you doing? You talking to me? Yeah, what are you doing? You know, he would come and have like five-minute, ten-minute conversation about the Word of God, and everybody in that office were, were thinking like, what's this airport director talking to this little man for? We had spiritual conversations. It was awesome. And I had my Concordia self-study Bible out. And so when I had that out, I would read the Word of God, and then they have notes, and it would take me to other places in Scripture. And it was the awesome thing. I would make a point not to read what they had to say, the commentary. I would read the Bible first and the parallel passage first. Then I might listen to them. But the Word of God is first and foremost important. So you read the Word, read a parallel passage, see where it is from the Old Testament, see where it is from the New Testament, and kept going. I was a Bible student soaking it up. I want you to look at that pyramid of learning chart one more time because studying, I would say, goes into this active thing. So if you're involved in a small group around this place, if you go to Bible study, you're, what, what's the percentage? What's the percentage of you retaining when you study? 50%. 50%. The benefit of studying, not just for knowledge's sake, but it deepens our convictions of faith. And when you're discussing it, when you're, when you're discussing, when you're practicing how to share your faith. Little, little, little well-known verse for me that I remember, it's in my heart. It's from a little book called Philemon, verse 6. Be active in sharing your faith. Be active in sharing your faith. Why? For through it you'll gain a full understanding of all the good things you have in Christ. To study the word of God is an awesome thing. And I like this truth. I've shared this before in sermons past. But when you work the word of God, the word of God works on you. When you work the Word of God, the Word of God works on you. Next finger is the index finger. This index finger is one that probably has the largest amount of sensitivity and dexterity out of all the fingers, and it represents memorizing. Just a couple questions for you about memory, okay? You don't have to raise your hand, and you don't have to answer out loud, just in your mind, in your heart. But how many songs talking secular songs, not church songs. How many songs do you think you know the words to? Would you imagine? If you would ask me, I would say, well, yeah, I pretty much know all the songs from the pop hits of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, uh, but how many of you could recite five Bible verses 
How many of you could recite 10? How many of you could recite? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> How many of you could recite the same number of Bible verses as your age? Ooh, right? Not asking these questions to make you feel guilty. Well, little. But, but it's a challenge. A challenge memorizing. When you memorize something, basically you know it 100%. You memorize it, you know it 100%. And yeah, you might have to consistently review it, but here's what God's word says about that. Jesus reminds us from John chapter 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish. Remain in me, my words remain in you. And then Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart. Why? So I might not sin against you. You see, memorizing causes your faith and your prayer life to grow because prayer is a conversation of the heart with God. And I, Pastor Joe said a couple weeks ago, you find your prayer location, close the door, and you pray. And you listen first, you speak back to God, and I think that makes our prayer life more strong, you know, more strong, stronger, more confident in our prayer, more powerful. Last one, last, last appendage, okay? It's, it's the thumb. The thumb stands for Meditation. And if you think about the thumb, it's one of the only appendages that can kind of easily touch all the other ones pretty quickly. Look at that. So meditation can be, yeah, part of hearing, part of reading, part of studying, part of memorizing. But meditating is more. It's taking that text and actually allowing that text to just bathe you, right? Infiltrate your being, affect you, soak it up. That's, that's kind of memorizing, the, the kind of memorizing that transforms who you are. The difference kind of between memorization and meditation is, is kind of this way. How many of you know this tongue twister? Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Say that ten times fast, right? Don't know, don't really. Peter Piper pecked, picked, pecked. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Wow. You know, I remember that from my youth. Somebody taught me that. But does that impact my life right now? Does it impact yours? No, not at all. We can memorize things that really don't have any influence on us. But memorizing and meditating, pondering on God's truth, come on. What a difference that we would be preaching to our own souls. I mean, why did I become a pastor? Part of it is, you know, I preach to myself. And I know it myself then. And it's great. Maybe you need to meditate on God's words. Words like this from Philippians, do everything without complaining. Or, therefore, there is now no condemnation. Is that good news? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or maybe you need to meditate on what Jesus' words say in Matthew 11. He said, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We meditate on God's word. We grow spiritually and prayerfully. We're transformed. God encourages us to do that. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do everything written in it. Psalm 1, I used to teach this to all my kids before they could even read. I just remember them just saying these words. Blessed is a man who does not walk. And the counsel of the wicked are standing in the way, and sinners are sitting in the seat of mockers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night, and it goes on and on. We meditate. 
you know, it, it, it kind of strikes me the way Eastern religions have this meditation. They say you need to empty yourself of everything. Just empty. But Christian meditation is totally different. Christian meditation is that we would have the word of God and meditate on the person of Jesus and we wouldn't empty, but we would fill our minds. We'd fill our minds with the Lord's truth. Amen? All right, so just to get a final handle and grasp on this word hand illustration, I'm going to call up a volunteer. And you're not going to have to say any words. All I need is your hand. So if you ever wanted to be a hand model, now's the time. Uh, But who would want to just come up here and help me? This little one? Yes. What's your name? Teresa, come on up. It's going to be very simple, okay? Tried to pick, you know, people that are about the same size that I am so we can do this, okay? All right, so Teresa, I'm going to give you this Bible. And what I want you to do is take your pinky. So kind of maybe pull up your sleeve. Yeah, you got it. Your pinky and your thumb. And can you hold it like this? Pinky and thumb. Can you do that? Okay, got it? I'm going to try to get it from you now. Oh, that was so easy. Okay, got to do a little bit harder now. Try to, try to not let me take it, okay? So now take your pinky, your thumb, and your ring, this, this finger, three of them, and try to hold it. Okay, you got it? Oh, no, you got it. You can, you can do this. You can smile while you're doing it. All right, here we go, I got it. Oh, that was a little harder. Now take your pinky, your ring finger, and your middle finger and thumb, and not this finger, though, just those. Give me a little challenge here. Okay, you have, yep, that one, that one. Ready? Try to let me take it. Ah, okay, now, you ready? Take your whole hand. Ready? Don't let me take it. Yeah, look at that. Well done. Thank you, Jesus. Give me five. Do I have to say what I'm doing with that, right? I mean, does it just make sense to hear the word of God? Right? To, to read, to study, to memorize, to meditate. You have a grasp of the Word of God. And when you do that, your prayer life is going to excel. There is no doubt about it. But here's what I say um, to my kids that I coach. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Two ears and one mouth for a reason. Because when we pray, we should be listening to God before we speak back to him.